The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, Episode 149. At 2,717 feet, the Burj Khalifa in Dubai is the world's tallest building and an incredible 42 stories higher than the second tallest. But due to the recession, two-thirds of the offices remain unoccupied. Ouch. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today is the person who always steals the numbers that I have on my top 10 lists, my wife and constant travel companion, Heather. Hey, Heather. Hey, everyone. And if you guys are listening to this podcast, I will urge you, if you haven't already, listen to part one of our top 20 favorite architectural wonders of the world, because in that we count down, we give our honorable mentions, and then we count down our number 10s all the way down to our number sixes. And in this one, we're going to now go from five to number one. So if you want to listen to them in descending order, like how it usually is with most lists, and you don't want to find out the best ones first... Listen to part one. You can get that. That's already out. You can find that at extrapackofpants.com slash pods. You can find it on iTunes. You can find it on Stitcher. However, you listen to this podcast. If you do happen to be caught somewhere in the car or something and you didn't download the other one, that's okay. Listen to this one now. Go back and listen to that one because you've got some great places on that other podcast. Some that I'd even forgotten about. Yeah. So what we're going to do, and as we always do with these top 10 lists, this time it's actually 20, 10 for each of us, is we don't know each other's. And so sometimes we have some crossovers. So there were some that I mentioned in the last episode that were on Heather's list. There were a lot that I mentioned that were on her list, I should say. And so she's going to talk more about them on this one. And there are a few that she mentioned that were on my list. So now we're going to go more in depth in those. So we've got a lot of really cool things on today's podcast. A lot of just really neat buildings, places. Some of them are actually geographic regions. So some really cool stuff. Before we get into the list, though, I do want to mention that today's episode is sponsored by our good friends over at Tortuga Backpacks. My Tortuga Backpack, I have a regular Tortuga Backpack, a regular size one, which is the largest carry-on size available. I also now actually have a Tortuga Day Pack, or excuse me, a Tortuga Air, which is a smaller version that they use, say, is for weekend trips, but I actually have it with me on a two-and-a-half-month trip. Yeah, Travis is always pushing the limits when it comes to his luggage. He's always trying to pack less. I always try to pack more. Yeah, <laughs> well, so I try to pack less and end up packing more. To Heather's chagrin, I have a very small pack now, so she can't shove all the extra stuff she buys into my pack. Maybe, maybe that's subconsciously why I was doing it, but... These packs have been all around the world with us. They've been to a lot of the places that we're actually going to mention on these podcasts. I love them. Super heavy duty, great bags. They force you to pack in just to carry on because they're only carry on size, which is also great. So if you're interested in finding a really cool travel backpack, one that I recommend, you can go to tortugabackpacks.com, put in the promo code EPOP, E-P-O-P, all capital letters, and you'll get 10% off 
anything you order, whether it's a Tortuga Air, regular Tortuga backpack, or a hundred of each, you'll still get ten percent off. So Heth, we're not going to give them the ones that were on our list before that we did in the other podcast because we have to l- give them a reason to listen to that one if they haven't. So we're going to jump right in, and now you're going to start with your number five. So we're counting down five to one here for each of us, so ten total. Your number five architectural wonder of the world okay my number five is very obvious very cliche but i had to put it on here guess it yeah try to guess it well are you gonna give me no hints you're just gonna say obvious and cliche okay out of a whole world think of a place that everybody in the whole world wants to see that everyone in the The whole world yes Okay, wow, I'm better than I thought. I know, I didn't have to give you that many clues. So the Eiffel Tower, again, I was in the category of the people that always wanted to visit Paris, always wanted to see the Eiffel Tower. We just went last year. We went in 2014, April and in May. twice. twice. And like Travis said, we sometimes get overwhelmed with Paris because it's really busy and crowded and expensive. So we have a bit of a love-hate relationship with it. But I love the architecture in all of Paris. And that has to include the Eiffel Tower. It's so striking when you're standing like right underneath it and you see all of the metal that's connected to make this crazy, incredible tower. And then you walk up the stairs or take the elevator, but we walked up and you were a little scared. I was a little bit scared because I'm not afraid of heights, but for some weird, quirky reason, I don't like to be high if I can see underneath me. Right. Like I don't love heights. So when we paraglided over Mount Fuji, you know, I was a little nervous. I just don't love being super high, although I've kind of gotten over. It. Heather doesn't mind heights, but when she can see through, like, you know, these are. Steel metal stairs, stairs. Metal stairs that you so can you can see like through. just see she hates through it. Like to she the was bottom i was like really freaking very nervous out. i had to keep saying come on Heath, it's okay this it was this weird. structure has stood for a hundred years yeah and millions of people have climbed all over it. but i didn't even know you could walk up it like i had done no research about the eiffel tower i knew you could take the elevator up but when we got to paris and travis is like yeah let's go climb the eiffel tower i was like what so it's a really cool experience and again the architecture of this amazing thing that's you know everyone around the whole world would recognize it so i have to just put it on there because it's really cool and it's my number this is five your list, girl you do you i know i'll do me and again the experience of of climbing up it and then being at the top the views that you can see of paris at the top of the eiffel tower are stunning nothing from paris made my top 10. So if you didn't listen to the other episode, well, spoiler alert, it's not on there. Nothing's on But it is, I don't know, maybe it's because there was so much to choose for. You maybe because it's so one. cliche. Maybe it's, it's, wow. It boggles your mind, the architecture there. And I just love it at night because everything's lit up. They do such a good job. It's such a romantic city. I mean, it is the city of light. And that's why, I guess, because they do such a good job of lighting up all the buildings and the streetlights and the Eiffel Tower. And the bridges. It's just, it's beautiful. And so if anyone hasn't gone or has gone is going back, I mean, we just absolutely love renting the bikes from the bike share and pedaling around at night. It's not as much traffic. It's mellow. And you just pedal up and down and across the bridges and just see all the beautiful buildings with the lights on. Really, really, really cool. I'm going to stay in Europe for my number five. I, I'll give you a hint. Maybe you can guess this. This is a building that we both went to. 
And we did it by boat. And we're in Europe here. We did it by yeah, boat? Yeah, I don't know. If, I'll, I'll just say it also has a French name, but it's not in France. Although part okay, of the lake okay, okay, is okay, in okay, France. Okay, 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 I know what it is. It's the um, the chateau on Lake Geneva. Yes, Chateau de, de Chillon, Chillon. Yes, on Lake Geneva, on the Swiss side of Lake Geneva. So it's Swiss in the French speaking part of Switzerland. The Chateau de Chillon. When we get to these top five, it's like splitting hairs. I mean, I could put this up there with my number ones. It's it's just awesome. Uh, it sits out there off the lake a little bit. It's a really really cool palace medieval medieval palace Palace. i guess lord byron had been down there like enslaved down there in the cellars it's really cool to actually i mean you can walk through you know you get the the boat on lake geneva and it can it can drop you anywhere and that's one of the spots you can get on and off yeah the on and off ferry and you just go and you just walk around. It has turrets. I absolutely love turrets. This was the first time you'd been in a turret, first, which yeah, was the, a lifelong dream of Travis's. A lifelong dream of mine I, to be in a turret. <laughs> I just love turrets. I love... Maybe if someday we could have a house with a grass roof and a turret, I would be very, very happy. So... <laughs> Travis was born in the wrong century. Apparently, he wanted to be a servant. Can I wear her armor (laughs) around? The Chateau de Chillon is just fabulous. You can rent it out for like weddings and awesome events. It's super expensive. I actually looked into it because we were not married at this time, but we were engaged. I thought if I could have my wedding here, it would be fabulous. (laughs) Not only would it be super expensive to get my family and all my folks there and everyone but it's really expensive right now. But it's it's stunning. It's really cool to see from the outside, and it's really cool to see from the inside. And just it's very majestic sitting there with the Alps in the background. And on the other side is France, Evian, and you could see the Alps and everything. And and there's a chateau sitting there on the beautiful, gorgeous lake. I mean, that's yeah. just a beautiful part of the world, Switzerland in general. It really is. I mean, we used to rave about Switzerland when we hadn't really been to that many places. And even though since then we've been to like, you know, 20 other countries, it still is a beautiful place and definitely worth going to. And I had forgotten all about that yeah, chateau. So chateau de Chillon, my number five. All right. You're number four. My number four is another one in India. So I had some honorable mentions in India. And this number four is Ranakpur Temple. I totally forgot about this. Did you forget about this? It's not on my list because I forgot about it, but it could be on there. Yeah, this temple. And, you know, we've been to so many temples all over the world, so many in India alone. And this one is really off the beaten path. It's not near any of the main cities that are on the tourist path, like in the state of Rajasthan, which is like the old royal state where all of the like kings and queens or whatever they weren't called kings and queens, but it was all these like, all of the yeah the again royal I don't family. use this this yeah. term this English term but fiefdoms right yeah. it's like all these little different so the states. cities are beautiful and you go to Jaipur and Jaisalmer and Jodhpur and. This was actually in between Jodhpur and Udaipur. Right. So we had a hired, purrs. yeah, a lot of purrs. We had hired a driver to take us to all these places, which was really the best way to see India. If you are going there and you need some help plotting out a course or recommendations, hire a driver. Bonus travel tip: hire your driver and have him take you everywhere. It's just so much more. Fifty dollars a day. And so we were driving in between 
Jodhpur and, and Udaipur. And he said, well, there is a temple that's, you know, not really heavily touristed. And, and would you guys like to stop? And we were like, sure, why not? I mean, it wasn't even on really our itinerary. And so we just stopped in the morning before lunch. And this temple is stunning. It it's has, insane. So it's like a lot of marble. And inside, it has more pillars than can even then, be counted. Then you can count. And so they said, you can't count how many pillars are in this temple because they don't really go in any pattern. It's not like lines of pillars. They're just, it's it's like kind of a circle, the temple, but it's not, it's not, it's not like a perfect circle, but it's somewhat oblong. Is that the right word? Either way, but there's, there's just pillars everywhere. And, each and I pillar thought, oh, is... I'm going to be able to count these. I'm going to be yeah. the person who does. You walk in and they're everywhere and like, you don't know which ones you counted before. It's, they're all handcrafted. In, like with, Intricately hand carved. Yeah. With every different pillar. things on them. Different and the, stories. And there's all these discs, like the ceiling is all of these hand carved discs, like layers upon layers of just, I don't even know how they built this. How can people build something It's like so this? ornate in the handiwork, but it's all white marble. So it's not, you know, it's not gilded and, and no, super. No, it's just stone. Yeah, it's just stone. So it's So it's not beautiful. super bright, but it's, yeah, each, each pillar has different stories told on it and each one's different. And you just wander around and you're like, who built this? How did they build this? There's little... Uh, alcoves, kind there's little of. alcoves you can go into. There's, well, not priests and not monks, but whatever the they are, the religious leaders are in there, and they'll sit down and they'll pray with you. They'll put the the little um, blessing blessing the- on your forehead and stuff, and and kind of tell you about it and give you some of the history. It was it was awesome. Yeah, and it was so unexpected that we just kind of pulled up and went into this temple in the middle of nowhere. Rajasthan, India. Yeah. So if you have, I mean, we had seen some amazing things in India, including my number four, which is coming up. This even blew us away. I, We saw the Taj Mahal in India. I don't know if it's on your list. It wasn't even on my honorable mention. And <sighs> it was so cool. It was kind of like the Eiffel Tower, right? I mean, you have to see it if you go to India, but it won't be the most beautiful thing you see. I completely agree. I mean, I would rather if I could go back anywhere, I'd, I'd go to Ranakpur over the Taj Mahal. Again, I get it. You should go see the Taj Mahal if you're there. But this this place, Ranakpur. And again, we're going to mention everything we mentioned will be in the show notes. So if you're listening, you're like, I'm never going to remember the name Ranakpur or have any idea what they're talking about. It'll be in the show notes. You'll get that at extrapackpants.com slash pod. So an amazing temple. My number four is in India. We're staying in India. Heather mentioned this in the last episode. It was on her list a little further down. Jaisamer Fort. And Jaisamer was my favorite place in India. Heather liked some of the other towns too. Jaisamer is the as far west as you can go in India until you hit Pakistan. So it's literally in the desert. We did camel trekking out into the desert, which was awesome. But what I loved was the fort is the oldest living fort in the world. What that means is it's like being in Aladdin. I mean, there's they have a fort and they have the city walls, you know, the, the walls that go around the fort. And this was built in... I believe the 11th century. And so during that time, people would live in the walls. So their houses, their little, they'd cut out parts of the wall and they would live inside the actual wall. And then of course, you know, there's the fort and everything that's surrounded by the wall. So people are living inside of the walls and you, these just 
these crazy homes cut into the walls. Yeah, and you can just wander through it. Yeah, you wander through it. There's forts everywhere. There's little temples everywhere. So it's there's it's shops. Its, there's restaurants. It's its own city. It's it's what the city was like during the 11th century, and it hasn't changed because it's everyone who lived inside the walls then lives inside of the walls now, and um, it's fantastic. And they, they are having issues with tourism and people going there because the the city walls are kind of starting to come down because of the act- they were saying the water was actually making the ground under the walls you know start to decline and the walls were sloping yeah, like off the, and stuff the so. sewer and the water systems like the plumbing so we were told it's, it, it's hard to maintain that in such a medieval city so. we were told if you want to be responsible tourists to actually stay outside of the city walls you can stay inside but to stay outside so that you're not burdening the infrastructure as well by staying inside of it, go in and see but it. But by stuff staying like outside, I mean you can stay and still see the oh, wall. You can see it, right? And it's like a two-minute walk. So it is a really, really interesting place. Jasimer, I'm in love with the city and the fort and the walls of the fort, and you can walk on top of the walls. And I don't know, it's people really, are living like they yeah. were living 900 years ago. It's, it's really stunning. It's a magical place. And, you know, India is a tough country to visit. And we went there and we had a bit of culture shock. But now that it's been like three years, you uh-oh. forget about all that. And you kind of think, oh, it's so like mysterious and magical. It's time to go back. Throwing it out there. <laughs> well, our top, both our number fours were in India. What's your number three, Hath? My number three is one that you mentioned before. And it's in Kyoto, which the whole city of Kyoto in Japan is so amazing because they have so many temples. I mean, I don't even know how many temples are there, but Kyoto used to be the capital of Japan, one of the capitals before, after Nara, yes, and then still, Kyoto, and then Tokyo. So still the cultural capital. Everyone it's still will say that. the cultural the heart capital. Of- Japan and there's so many amazing temples in like the one district like Gion where the geisha the geisha can you still be found like walking through we had a beautiful experience biking through Gion and seeing geisha I mean it's Kyoto is fabulous you have to visit there and our favorite place to visit is Kiyomizudera which is the water temple and it's placed on the side of a mountain and it's this big wooden structure that's just like built into the side of a mountain so it's like the it's cooler up there if you're in in japan in the summer it's incredibly humid and hot the first time we went was in july and it's like you kind of just get up into the mountain and it's like maybe five degrees cooler than in the city and it's just like even the hike up you can walk you can walk up the one major path which has a lot of shops and it's kind of cool or you can hike up this secondary path where you're going through this crazy big graveyard cemetery cemetery and it's really neat and then you get up there and kiyomizu there a temple made completely out of wood it's like being in a massive treehouse because you're you're in amongst the trees and so every you look like you're looking out one side and you're seeing all the way out into into the kyoto downtown kyoto but you're in amongst the forest and if there was a way that you could be the only tourist there. Like if there's some way to rent yeah, it out it's so and you could be the only people, it would be the most peaceful, serene, magical place in the world. The issue is it's still amazing, 
even with thousands of people running yeah, around. Yeah, there literally are so many people anytime you visit it. But also, like, the history behind it, I think, is really cool. It's like a water purifying temple. And so, at one point, like, you go through, like, the wooden structure and you kind of, like, go down the mountain a little bit and there's like this natural well where you can go and like cleanse yourself cleanse yourself with the the water water. it's just it's a really surreal experience it makes you feel very much like you're in japan and it was just when we lived there it was one of those cultural experiences that really made me feel like wow this is japanese yeah and we should and it's huge like there might be a 500 to a thousand people there but it's huge i mean you're not yes there's a lot of people you're not super crammed in it it's it's fascinating i loved kiyomizu there that was on my top 10 just on the other episode yeah so my number three kiyomizu there and again if you can't remember that because it's a japanese name it translates as the water temple but we'll link it up kiyomizu there my number three was on Heather's list, but on the last episode as well. So we didn't talk about it on that episode. So if you've been waiting with bated breath, the Palace of Pena, the Palace de Pena in Sintra, Portugal, right outside of Lisbon. One of the weirdest, coolest, most things, eclectic, most eclectic places we've ever seen. And also one of the places that was most unexpectedly cool. I mean, we didn't know much about it. Someone's like, oh, you should go to the Palace of Pena. You know, you take this. We drove out, but you could take this train from Lisbon right out there to this town of Sintra. It's like 20 minutes out and you go. And so you get into Sintra and we didn't know really know where to go. And there was this road that went up this hill and we're just weaving back and forth. And it makes you feel like you're in like Lord of the Rings or something because you're going through these forests and all these it's very mossy. Very mossy. Everything's overgrown, but you're taking this road up and you keep going and you're like, are we here yet? And people say, no, keep going up. And you can actually stop along the way and see all these other ruins, which we didn't have time to do really, but you could spend a whole day or two days in Sintra doing all these other ruins. Yeah. I mean, the town of Sintra itself, like at the bottom, is a stunning little town as well. I mean, lots of great buildings and architecture and cute little restaurants and shops. So the whole area, definitely you could spend a night and then there. you get up to the palace at the very top of this hill. And it is like someone sat down and said, I'm going to take different styles from palaces from like all throughout time, plop them together and make one big palace. Because as architecture from like the 1500s, now it's not from 1500s. I think it was built in the Well, there was one 1900s. original structure that I'm not sure when it was built. But the the palace complex, the thing that the guy built, I think was in the 1900s. Like yeah, or something like, like early 1900s. 1900s. Again, we can't fact check because we're in Burma, so we have no Wi-Fi. But he took but, all these, the ideas and all the styles and he plopped them yeah, all together just and smushed whatever them together. he liked. And I can't even remember what King did it, but whatever style he liked, he's like, okay, I'm going to add this addition. And now I'm going to add this part and I'm going to add this part. And it's like purple and yellow and white. And, and there's turrets and there's bulbous like, like <laughs> so parts sticking bizarre. out. And then there's like, like it's a huge studded gate that looks like it would be very medieval. And then it's, it's just, just really bizarre. And it rambles on. And then you go inside and the rooms are like all different colors. There's one room where it's just all types of animal heads all around the whole room. And then there's a room of all types of like weird military like armor and different 
uh, swords and guns and all types of crazy stuff. So, I mean, this guy was very quirky who built it, but it's really, really neat. It's really cool to go up to. You can walk up to it. We recommend walking up to it. So, like, eventually you take, you know, you drive up to this part and then you have to walk to it. It's, it's just a pretty walk. And the palace, again, super quirky, super weird, super unexpected, but really, really, really neat. And a place that we highly recommend if you're in Portugal, you're probably at some point visiting Lisbon and you can easily take a train out if you don't have a car and it's like a 20, 30 minute train ride. Yeah. And the train station is really beautiful that you take it from. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. One of our favorite accommodations ever was actually in that train station. There's a hostel called the Lisbon Destination Hostel that's in that train station. That's really neat. That's in the train station that takes you to Sintra. So you could stay at Lisbon Destination Hostel and take the train right out to Sintra. There you go. Awesome. So Trip planned. Palace de Pena, P-E-N-A. Look it up. You'll see what we mean. Super quirky. Really cool. So my number two is something that Travis mentioned. I, I think it might have even been an honorable mention. And that is the old city of Dubrovnik. All right. So we went to Croatia for the first time about seven months ago, and I'm just in love with this country. It is, uh, I would just, I want to move there because it's beautiful. The people are friendly. The food is great. It's all along the coast. I'm such a ocean beach type person. Every, everywhere you look is stunning in this country. And we actually spent time in Split, which is a very cool city and has some cool architecture, but we took Diocletian's a road trip. Diocletian's Palace in yeah. Split is could have been an honorable could mention. Could have been That's an honorable mention. The best preserved Roman palace ruins in the world, actually in Split. Yep, really cool. And so Dubrovnik is. I mean, so <laughs> how do you even explain it? The if you've jewel seen of the a Adriatic. picture, if you've seen a picture of it, or if you watch Game of Thrones, some of it's filmed there. So the old city is a walled city and you can stay inside the city, which we did. And there's restaurants and great little hotels and apartments in there. But the best view you can get is when you go up the hill, whatever the name of that hill is. Yeah, there's a, I don't remember. There's a cable car you that can, can take, take the cable you car. The you can drive up it. You look down from up there and you see the city of Dubrovnik just like jutting out into the ocean with this like amazing, colorful crystal water and these this medieval like fort type thing, similar to like what you were saying in Jaisenor, how it's so cool. It's the same with Dubrovnik. Like I could just stare at it for hours. I never wanted to leave. It's so beautiful being inside the the old city, just like walking through all the narrow all the little, little streets and, and the lanes. It's, it's super hilly, so you have to like all the lanes have little steps, and you're constantly climbing up and down, and that's part of the fun of it. And as Heather mentioned, from up top, you see it sticking out, and it's walled, so you can see the whole old city exactly as it would have looked back in the day. You can also climb on the city walls, which are highly recommended. It costs about 10 bucks or no. I think it was 20. 20 bucks. They but gouge whatever a little bit. it was, you literally just, you walk up the stairs to the wall that surround the city and you can walk along it, along the ocean. And you're just like looking over the wall and there's a cliff, there's the ocean, there's the water. There's also a fort that you can see that's not really connected to the old city, but it used to be like the 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 actual fort, the military fort. But I just, I love it there. And if we go back, I mean, we were walking outside the city and there's like apartments you can rent 
or hotels you can stay right at, outside like, of the old outside town. the old town like on the beach and well, then you can have a view of the old town i just i want to go back there or i want to sail there i don't know what i want to do but it's stunning it's my number two if you have one place that you want to go to in 2015 it should be croatia and that's really cool. You can you can easily take sailboats, and that would be a really neat way to see it, too, from a sailboat kind of coming into it and seeing it from the sea. That's the one vantage point that we didn't get because we haven't done that yet. Um, yeah, Dubrovnik, really great. My number two, something we have just done in the last week. Really? That is the Temples of Bagan. Yeah. Bagan is a city that we knew very little about before we came here. It's a city in Myanmar. It's really a complex. I mean, there's a city around it and it is a complex of 2,800 temples spread out over, I don't know what they say. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of acres. And so what you can do, there's some that are obviously bigger than other. I mean, there's 2,800 of them. Some are small, some are massive and you can rent bikes you can rent electronic bikes, e-bikes, which means you don't have to pedal, which is kind of nice because if you kind of go from one end of the complex to the other, I think it's 21 miles one way, and that's without kind of getting off that's on the main road, but you can get off onto these dirt paths, and you can just go anywhere you want. You can see temples out in the distance, and you just go down these dirt paths and go to them, and you're the only person yeah. at these temples. It's, like, it's in the desert, and nothing is restricted. I Nothing. mean, it's all access. There are some temples that like you can't climb up anymore because they're just deteriorating too much and they haven't renovated them. But most of them, you know, you can go into some of them. You can go up to the top. I mean, there were there were temples that we were the only people at. Yeah. In a very high traffic tourist season. And again, Myanmar is not as touristy as other Southeast Asian countries. That could change very soon. So we came at a good time. But but you just bike around and you're just, you know, it got to the point where we did three days of biking and you never know which temples what. We're like, have we passed this one? Let's go back here. I mean, they're, they're so 2,800 of them. They're amazing. And some of the big ones, you know, you climb up on, you can see for miles. So you can see just off in the distance, you're just temples and temples and temples all throughout this landscape. If you get these e-bikes or if you even get bikes, you just take these dirt paths that then become sand that sometimes, you know, you crash your bike it happens here and there, but you just, you just find your own way through them. And there's no real good way to describe them. So, the styles are different. You know, a lot look similar, but then there's some that are, that are these some white that are ones white. that looks like temp, that looks kind of like pyramids, like steps, like a step type temple. There's others that look very, uh, Southeast Asian, me and you know Burmese. Um, there's some that have gold domes on top of them. Yeah, it's a really stunning place, and I didn't put it on mine because I I figured you'd probably put it on yours. And it is just a really cool place. It's fascinating, and if you haven't been to Myanmar, which a lot of people haven't, tourism's only really kind of opened up the last four or five years. It's definitely a place to get. It's not easy traveling. But Bagan is a place to get before it gets too touristy because, you know, I could see eventually them like, oh, we're going to shut down this temple because there's too many people climbing on it. But it is, it's stunning. Heather, we keep using the word stunning, but that's the only way to describe this place. Heather got to do something really 
spectacular and a really cool way to see the temples of Bagan. So in Bagan, there are three hot air balloon companies, and I was fortunate enough to fly with balloons over Bagan. For they only had one spot, one and so spot. I got to do it. Thank you, Travis, for being um, such a good sport about it. But it was like this VIP trip, so like an hour up in the air, this hot air balloon, and it was so magical. I'd never even been in a hot air balloon before. They're really slow. They don't, this one, you know, didn't go up very high because like the higher you go, the more quickly the wind will carry you. So you want to be able to see all these temples. So we weren't really more than a couple hundred feet off the ground at any time, but you just see how humongous this whole complex is with all of the temples and it's flat because it's like the desert. So you can really just see everything no matter which way you're looking and it's, it's, I don't, the words can't even describe it. And if you can't do a balloon ride, like I wasn't able to do the balloon ride, they didn't have enough space. If you can't do the balloon ride, what's really neat if you are there in season when they do the balloons, which I believe are November through February, then you can just climb up. We did this the one morning. You climb up for sunrise. A lot of people go out for sunrise and then out for sunset as well because it's so beautiful. Climb up on any temple for sunrise. I mean, we found our own temple, kind of our little favorite temple that we kept driving by only people there and then you you can watch the balloons go up and they come by you and one got so close it felt like we could almost touch it so that's even cool to see from the other side if you aren't up in the balloon you get to watch them float by you really really neat stuff the temples of Bagan, my number two yeah definitely worth the number do two we have the sure. same number one no we do not Okay, what is your number one? Because my number one is one that you mentioned already, and we didn't talk too much about it. And this city has stolen my heart. It is probably my favorite city. I mean, I was just saying how much I love Croatia, and I do, and I would move to Dubrovnik in a heartbeat or split or anywhere. But honestly, my favorite place in all the world right now is Florence and the whole Tuscan countryside. We spent time there. A lot of time there last year in 2014. And the Duomo in Florence is so magnificent that every time I see it, I love it more. Like we went to the Italy. The pictures we have of it, whenever I scroll yeah. through our pictures, I see that. I get so happy because it's so photogenic. Can a, can a building be photogenic? It can be because the first time we went to Florence, you know, in January of 2014, I thought this is a beautiful, uh, this is a really beautiful cathedral or Duma, whatever. And the bell tower is also really cool. And the fact that you can climb up both of them and be in the dome and be in the, the, the bell tower and take the pictures of either one in the whole landscape of Florence. It's really amazing. It's worth mentioning again, travel tip. If you get the ticket for the Duomo, it's good for the bell tower as well. You should climb up both. You're going to be tired, but you want to get pictures from both. Because you want to get pictures of the bell tower from the Duomo, from the roof of the Duomo, and of the Duomo from the bell tower. Yeah, it's it's just incredible. And then when we went back, we spent two weeks in Tuscany. And so we weren't actually in Florence, but we went to Florence two times. I was going to put the Tuscan farmhouse on my list, and I totally forgot. Oh, Travis. Tuscan farmhouse, honorable mention. Yeah. The, the beautiful farmhouses in the Tuscan countryside. So we went to Florence on a couple of occasions when we were staying in Tuscany because it's only like 30 or 40 minutes from this farmhouse we stayed at. And the second time I saw it, you know, 10 months later, I was like, 
I love it even more. You know, we got up close to it. I was taking like really close pictures of like the tiles that make up the whole Dumo and it's like this light pink color and this like green color and then the white marble and I just, it's so intricate. Like I, people don't even build things like this anymore. I mean, people build skyscrapers which are incredible works of architecture. In their own right. In their own right. But these old buildings that have so much detail and so many like little teeny tiny tiles that make up you know a person or a you know it can't even be described really you just have to go florence is the best city the food is amazing i dream about the sandwich that we love there all you the can't time give too much away we will be doing a food week on the extra pack of pants podcast florence will be making multiple multiple mentions on that because Oh man. It's just the don't, best don't, it's don't the best give away. city in the world. Don't give away. You have to go. You have food. to see the Domo. It's my number one all time favorite. And it was structure. Number, number eight on my list. Again, beautiful. My number one, I think you didn't put it on your list because you knew I was gonna put it on mine. The is Angkor Wat in Cambodia. To this day, still my favorite place that I've ever been when we talk about historical sites or monuments or architecture, whatever name we're giving it, Angkor Wat, we will be going to again in a week. So we've gone once. We're going to be going back in a week with my parents. I'm really interested actually to see how Angkor Wat in Cambodia stacks up to the temples of Bagan because I didn't know which to put. They're kind of similar in that they're these massive complexes of things built hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Now, the temples have been gone. A lot have been reconstructed in the last 20 years. You know, there's some controversy around that, but they're, the idea is the same. They're these huge complexes of old buildings. You're allowed to climb all over them. At some point, that may stop. That was one of my favorite things about being in Angkor Wat three and a half years ago was that you could just go anywhere you wanted. You know, they gave you the ticket and I'm thinking we're going to go in there and they're going to say, don't climb on this, don't go on that. You know, you need a pass to go on here or whatever. And it's like, nope, free reign, climb on whatever you want. So yeah. you climb to the top of this amazing temple. I hope it's temple, still like that. And you just sit there and the sun would be beating down and you'd be the only person there. And it's, it's so massive. I mean, there's a few main spots that people go to. You can get a one or a three-day pass. This time, we're going to get the three-day pass and go at least two days to the Angkor Wat complex. But it is, I mean, pictures don't do it justice. Even sunrise pictures don't do it justice. It's so much fun. It's so neat. It's so big that it's just something that has to be done in person. And if I could tell anyone, if there's one place that you need to go in terms of just to see the immensity and the beautiful nature of this architecture, this wonder of the world, it would be Angkor Wat in Cambodia. That's my number one. We're going back and I'm super excited. We have a better camera now. We're going to be with my parents and I'm just really excited to see how it still holds up and if it holds up in my to what it was in my mind. And I'm pretty sure it will. I think it'll be equally as, as stunning as it was before, but it's really cool and we'll see how that, that checks out. So Angkor Wat, my number one. Obviously, there's some places that we haven't been, you know, the rules of this, that we had to have been there. Yeah. Seen it like with our Machu own two Pichu. eyes. Machu Picchu, not on here. I mean, there's just, there's a bunch Nothing of- Nothing in South America at all, so. There's a bunch of places we'd love to get to, but those are our top five, you know, 10 total that we counted down from five to one. So let's recap them real quick. And again, if you didn't listen to the first part of this episode, you're going to want to go back and listen to part one, which is another episode- um, where we do our number 10 through 6. So, your 5, Heth. 
the Eiffel Tower in Paris. Mine Chateau de Chillon in Montreux, Switzerland. My number four, Ranakpur Temple in India. Jaisimur Fort in Jaisimur, India is my number four. Number three, Kyo Mizudera in Kyoto. My number three, the Palace of Pena in Sintra, Portugal. My number two, the Old City of Dubrovnik, Croatia. Temples of Bagan in Bagan, Myanmar. My number one, the Dumo and the Bell Tower in Florence, Italy. And my number one, Angkor Wat in Siem Reap, Cambodia. Again, guys, we will be linking everything up in the show notes. So just go, if you're listening to this, if you're stuck in your cubicle, if you're in your, well, if you're in your car, don't do this because you're probably driving, but just go and look up some of these Google images. I mean, it's going to fill you with wanderlust. Us talking about it does it some justice. Looking at the pictures of it will even really get you itching to go traveling. Hopefully this will help you out to kind of put some more places on your list of places that you want to go. Everything we mentioned, if you can't remember, will be linked in the show notes. You can get the show notes by going to extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pods. Again, you can listen to part one of this, the other episode on iTunes, on Stitcher, or again, by going to extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pods, the homepage there. We want to give a shout out to our sponsors, our good friends over at Tortuga Backpacks. My Tortuga has been with me to many, many, many of these places that we mentioned. You can go to tortugabackpacks.com. If you're looking for a new backpack, make sure to use the promo code EPOP, E-P-O-P, all capital letters. That will give you 10% off your entire order. And I'm not going to leave you guys with a few from the archives because we've done some. And I want to give you a little teaser of some that we're going to be doing. And that will be some of the food week. We're going to be doing a food week coming up in the next couple weeks here on the Extra Pack of Peanuts podcast where we're going to be doing some of our favorite meals. Some of our least favorite meals. Which is always funny. We're going to be talking about an experience we had in Istanbul. Yeah, we did an amazing night with Eat With in Istanbul where we went into the home of two gracious hosts and they cooked us lots of fantastic Turkish food. Yeah, so it was absolutely cool. We're going to give you guys a, a little recap on what we did, and then we actually took audio from that night, and we're going to try to splice it together to make it feel like you're actually there with us eating the Turkish meal yeah, together. so kind of a, an exciting format for that. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, a new format for that. So lots of fun stuff coming, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in today, for making us the number one rated travel podcast on iTunes. And until next time, as always, happy, happy free, free travels. travels. Thank you